Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We're so excited. We have a very special word coming. So grab your Bibles, grab your snacks, grab your notes, and let's get started. Yo, listen, we are in week two of a series we've entitled Temple. Somebody shout, week two. Temple. Week two. Temple. I'm excited. You can already tell. Listen, go with me to your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Verse 37, I'll be there in just a little bit. Let me set this up. Um, last week uh, was wild, man. How many were actually here last week? Last week was wild. So we kicked off this temple series with this reality that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. And what makes us a temple is this truth that we dedicate our entire body to God and we dedicate our lives to God as a place for the Holy Spirit to dwell. Anybody got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them? Come on. And so we looked at three major things. Number one, we looked at this reality that you are enough. Somebody shout, you are enough. Which is this reality that you are not trying to please God. You already please God. If you, if you were saved in the moment you accepted Jesus Christ, that was the moment that you put a smile on God's face. Come on, right? Then we looked at this reality. Not only do we please God, but God has set us apart for a specific purpose. Man, I feel this in my spirit. Listen, don't let a divided nation divide your faith in God. I'm preaching already. Don't let, your, don't let a divided nation divide your faith in God. I just believe as a set-apart generation that God's going to use every single person in this room to release God in an hour where God is needed the most. Come on, somebody. I believe right here God's going to release you and your friends in this, in this city to bring a city back to God the only way God could do it. You've been set apart for a purpose. Tell somebody, say, I've been set apart for a purpose. Then we looked at this reality that we are a house of prayer. God doesn't just want you to just be a, a, a temple that just worships God in, in, in music format. But no, God desires you to worship him through your entire life. We're kicking off these 21 days of prayer and fasting. All your boy has had this morning is Starbucks and a banana, but I'm going to get through it today. Come on, somebody. Uh, and listen, I encourage you, go on these 21 days of prayer and fasting with us. Like, Pastor Chris, what is prayer and fasting? Fasting is literally just uh, re removing food or specific type of food from your diet for 21 days. And it's all about devoting this time to God. Every single day for 21 days, we're looking God straight in his face saying, God, I know you have something for me. And so I'm going to put something aside for you so that I can see you magnified in my life this year more than any other year. Come on. Yeah. So connect with us on that fast. That is good. Somebody said that's good in the back. That's real good. Uh, uh, fasting and prayer is not something that's just old school. Fasting and praying is for today. If you want to move heaven and earth, if you want a miracle in your life to break out, man, I encourage you fast and pray. All right? Hey, I, I, I asked the Holy Spirit, like, look, what, what, what do you want me to talk about today, week two of temple? And he said, I want you to talk about something that's not talked about often. I'm about to give you a cuss word right here. We're about to talk about Holy Spirit conviction. Ooh. I'm going to bring this up because I feel like I need to come up a little bit closer. Am I cussing already? I want us to look at the Hebrew word, all right? Yo, get your pads out, get your pens out. Somebody shout, let's go. 
Listen, the Hebrew word for conviction is yaka. It literally means to prove, to correct, or convince. The Greek word for that, for, uh, for convince, is eleko. It literally means to bring to the light or to expose. See, the conviction from the Holy Spirit is the proof that God lives on the inside of you. If you don't sense anything here convicting you, see, I, I used to think, Tristan, that conviction was a bad thing. But how many of you know, like, conviction is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. I want to set you up because the next 21 days, as you move forward in your walk with God, as you lean in into praying and fasting, th there are things that are going to come to the surface. And I want you to know that those things that are coming to the surface that God's highlighting is called his holy conviction. Stay with me. Don't, 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 don't start squeezing your butt cheeks on me now. All right? Stay with me. Y'all good? All right. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 38. It says this. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart or convicted and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, Peter had just got through preaching a message. The, the, the Holy Spirit had just got through filling them. And after that moment happened, Peter be, begins to preach one of the greatest messages in his life. And after he preaches, the Bible says that the people who were not believers were cut in the heart. In other words, they were convicted by the Holy Spirit. Look at the response of the people in, in verse 38. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know, if the Holy Spirit is a gift, then conviction from the Holy Spirit is also a gift. Oh, that's good. That's good right there. So the title of my message is the gift of conviction. Write it out. Number one point, I want you to understand the difference. How many, how many actually heard the word convict? Can I show hands? There's a difference between convict and conviction. Not the same. I want to break that down for just a minute, okay? That's the number one point. John 16, verse 7 says this. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is good that I am going away. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, unless I go, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will convict the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Jump over to Romans 8, chapter 12. It says, there is now and therefore no condemnation to whom? To those who are in Christ Jesus, who walketh not after the flesh, but after the what? Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. Here's the reality. To convict somebody, convict comes with remorse, it comes with guilt, it comes with shame, and it comes with regret. That's not what God has for you. What God has for you is conviction. Conviction is not guilt. Conviction is approval that you are a son and a daughter. See, as a believer of Jesus Christ, see, your response to conviction reveals the maturity of your walk with God. How you respond to conviction of the Holy Spirit really naturally reveals whether or not you are in a mature place with God. See, it's good for you to respond to conviction on the inside because conviction is actually a compass for your life in Christ Jesus. Are y'all good? Y'all here? I'm going to preach it. 
So when you realize that conviction from the Holy Spirit is not a bad thing but a gift, you're awakened to this truth. Write this down. Conviction is an invitation to come to God, not a curse to stay away from God. When I realized that I was experiencing the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that that was not him saying stay away from me, but that was him saying return to me, my, all, all of my perception about conviction began to change. I don't know what you were raised with. Maybe you were raised with the reality that conviction is a bad thing, but conviction is not a bad thing. See, when my kids start to act up, I don't know about y'all kids. Y'all kids are probably all good, but sometimes my kids, when we out in public, they start to go crazy. And they start to throw spaghetti on your nice shirt that you bought. You know what I'm saying? Corey's like, amen. Sometimes my kids, see, my kids are developing their conviction because they have not yet received the Holy Spirit. So guess who's their conviction? Your boy. I'm their conviction. And so what ends up happening is sometimes conviction looks like a positive conversation. Sometimes conviction looks like a belt to that butt. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says that God chastens those he loves. Uh-huh. See, so you ought to thank God for the belt that he gives you sometimes. Uh-huh. Belt to that bottom. And so the reality is if God convicts me, that means conviction is love. Conviction is God's way of loving you. For the world, Holy Spirit convicts you for, for the sake of making you aware that you are a sinner. This is, for, this is for the world. He convicts you that you are a sinner hoping that you'll return back to God. But watch this. As a son and a daughter, conviction is you returning back to a standard. A standard of what? Righteousness. Write it down. Where, where, where's my leveler? You see my leveler? Where my leveler at? I need my leveler. Corey, you see my leveler? I need it. Somebody find it. I brought a leveler. I got a leveler. I'm stalling until they find my leveler. I just like saying the word. That ain't it. That's cologne. Anyway, think of a ruler, right? Think of a ruler. And so... This is, this, is, this is literally the definition of righteousness because I know righteousness sounds like this, this really, really super religious deep word. But the reality is righteousness is defined as perfectly being measured to a standard. Just throw it. Throw it. Come on. Come on. I can catch. I play basketball. So, so let's look at if righteousness is a standard for God, then let's look at righteousness as a leveler. In the, in, the, in the old days, they would, use, um, they would use a level, basically, or plumb line to basically construct a building. And the reality is this, is the, they would use the plumb line to make sure that the actual wall was standing up straight. Tristan, come here, Tristan. Hold your arm out, Tristan. Right here. Come on. Y'all give it up for Tristan. Uh-huh. Ashley. Where Ashley at? Where my bae at? Where my boo? She'd be so proud of me. Bae, I'm using the leveler. Because at the house, I don't use levelers for the curtains, bro. My curtains be like this. It's called level. But I'm saying leveler. All right. Here we go. Can somebody see this? Is this straight? No? Yeah, it is. It's straight to me. No, it's straight to me, Pastor Seth. You, you rebellious. It's straight. What you mean from your perspective it ain't straight? 
then you tell me what's straight. When am I straight? Am I getting there? Am I there? Are we straight? Not from my perspective. Here's the reality. If the Holy Spirit's conviction is the standard, then my subject or my suggestion don't even matter. Because the objective is, is that it doesn't change just because I want to see it from my way. Righteousness is God's level for your life. And so, watch this. And so the Bible says that sin means to be bent, bend over. When you sin, you are bent. It means that you have missed the mark. That's all it means. Sin means to miss the mark. So God uses conviction to stand me straight up again. Because this right here is not subjective. This is objective. Whatever it says is the standard for my life. Whatever it reads, whatever its promises are, that's what it is and nothing else. That's why I can stand and pray for our nation with faith and fervency and declare the word of God regardless of whether you respond or not. Because I'm responding with a standard, not my opinion. Oh, that's so good. And so, and so when, we, when we sin, give me that ladder. Bring it over here. I got a whole bunch of uh, uh, examples today. So when I sin, if righteousness is a standard of standing straight up, to fall short of God's glory means to miss the mark or it means to fall down. The word repent comes from this reality. Look at the word broken up. Anybody, anybody ever stayed in a penthouse? Anybody ever stayed in a penthouse? No? Or you ever stayed in one of the highest floors in a hotel? So repent. If, I, if, I, if I've fallen short, then I'm living down here. This is where I am. But the Bible has a standard. If he's telling me to repent, he's telling me to return to the highest standard of living that I was called to live at. This is where you've been called to live. This is where you've been called to operate from. This right here is the standard of righteousness. It's not my choice. It's not my option. It's not my appendant. It's God's will. And so here's the reality. Some of you have people in your life that want you to live on the first floor. But God's calling you to the penthouse because to repent means to come back to the original place that you were called to live. So what you ought to do is get rid of some of them people that want to make you live on level one instead of level. And so maybe. Uh, should, I, should I go there? Should I not go there? Should I, should I do it? Should I do it? Cause see, son, son, uh, let me just be real. You, you know, you know, con conviction keeps me in a standard. Thank you, David. You can move that ladder. Conviction keeps me in a place where I hold fast to the standard or the level that God's called me to live on. Right? Uh, I'm about to be really honest, transparent, right here. Okay? Don't fire me. But, but years ago, 
sometimes I would walk through the mall, uh-oh, and I would see a lady go by with a big behind. And, and I'd be like, don't, don't look. Don't, 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 don't you do it. No, 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 no. Nah. I know none of y'all. None of y'all. I know none of y'all do that. None of y'all do that. Right? But I had to learn something. I had to trust the Holy Spirit convicted me. Because, see, it's not the first look that gets you in trouble, man. It's the second look. And I learned, I learned to look. And maybe you can adopt this. I learned to look at her. And I, I, I would be like, yo, she fine. But she ain't mine. She fine, she ain't mine, uh, uh, she fine, uh, she ain't mine, uh, uh, she fine, she ain't mine. Uh, uh. The devil trying to trip me up, devil trying to trip me up, no. Ladies, you got to be like, he fine, uh, but he ain't mine. Fellas, she fine, but she ain't mine. Ladies, say, he fine. What? Devil trying to trip me up. Devil trying to trip me up. No! Because see, when you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, then you can stop compromising. I know, I know, it's tight. It's tight, but it's right. Tell somebody, return back to the top. See, you were called to a standard of living. And see, as a temple of the Holy Spirit, God has a life for you that you have never imagined. That's why we're saying take 21 days to fast. Not to be religious and, and practice rituals, but we know that when you start to put things away, God starts to fill you up and increase your capacity for more of God. So that wherever you go, you begin to lead God wherever you go. Y'all sure you're good? So conviction is a level. It levels you out. It brings you back to a standard that God's called you to live at. Number three, your number three point is this. Learn to partner with conviction. That's good. Here's what I've learned. Holy conviction saves your life from corruption and compromise. Go to your Bible. It says 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6. Verse 14. It says, don't become partners though, with those who reject God. How can you partner? How can you make partnership out of something that is right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go around strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Mm. Who would think of setting up a pagan idol in God's temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us are temples in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. He says, I'll live in them. I'll move in them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. In other words, he's saying this. Don't leak up with those who will pollute you. I want you all to myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. God's saying this. Partnership with the Holy Spirit requires participation. 
partner with conviction. It's not enough to have God in you and you not partner with God. If I'm going to partner with God, then I've got to lean into the purpose of who God is. Listen, when God convicts you, conviction is not God trying to make you feel bad, make you feel remorse, make you feel guilty. That's called condemnation. But conviction is, you, is God affirming who you are and God bringing you back to your standard of living. It's God's invitation for you to come back to the life you were called to live. Man, that's so good. So good. And so here's the, here's the reality. If I partner with something, here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a definition of partnership, okay? To partner with something literally means this. It means to come into a legal agreement for a mutual purpose of benefits. Here's the terms. The terms that, that you and God made when you accepted Jesus Christ is that he would save your life from, from hell and that he would have a home to live in. To live, to move, and to be. I believe in this moment, I believe in this hour, and I believe in this day more than any other year, more than any other day, the Holy Spirit just needs one person to partner with. If he could find one person in this room that would stop caring so much what your friends say about you and what your friends think about you and you lean in more to what God is saying about you and who you are, I promise you mountains would move faster than you could think of. I promise you people in your family would come to Christ faster than you think of. It's when we let people in our life dictate the favor and the faithfulness of God in our life more than what we should be doing anyway. When I choose to let God take the back seat and let somebody else drive my life, then those people are responsible for my life and not God. And so you got to partner with the Holy Spirit. See, this is not a popular message because nobody talks about conviction anymore. Everybody talks about how to win, 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 and how to increase, 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 how to be rich, 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 rich. But my Bible says that I, I, I'm good whether I have or whether I don't, that, the, that narrow is the way. Listen, you're not saving for a Bank of America or Wells Fargo. You're saving for something that is eternal. My Bible says store up not treasures for this thing on the earth, but store up for heaven because heaven comes with an eternal re return. Don't disengage. This scripture will save you. This, this message will save your life. I mean, that, I mean that with all confidence. All confidence. When I, I'm serious. When I looked at that reality, bro, when I started walking through the mall and, I, and, and you know what I'm saying, she fine but she ain't mine, that fixed some things in my heart. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. It's time to partnership with things that add return to your life and stop partnering with things that add corruption to your life. There are things in some of your life that is corrupting you and making you compromise every single day. And listen, you know it because you feel it from the Holy Spirit. You literally, it might be time. I don't know. I'm going to turn this way. It might be time for some of y'all to say goodbye to some of them toxic relationships. They might be in the room. I'm going to look over here. It might be time for you to let him go. If you ain't got no ring on it, but all he wants is the... It might be time to let them go if all they if you married and you're still in people's DMs. It might be time to let it go if you're still addicted to porn. 
Because God doesn't want you to be caught up in that lifestyle. God wants you to live a life of holiness. And holiness is not an old thing. Holiness is a level. It's a standard for our lives. And, and listen, I know I, I, I'm going to get in trouble for this. See, because our generation don't like to talk about holiness. But here's the reality. There's some things that your grandma told you not to do that you thought was religious. But now you realize it wasn't religious. It was a level. Your grandma was leveled up, and she's calling you to level up so that you can lean into the favor and the blessings of God. And some of us, uh, I feel it, I feel it, I want to deal with it. Because I, I struggled with pornography for almost 15 years of my life. And thanks to God, God delivered me. He set me free. He gave me a beautiful wife. He gave me kids. But let me tell you, marriage don't fix the addiction. Marriage exposes it. I'm talking specifically about porn because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about this for just a little bit. Because no, I, I get it. No other pastor wants to talk about it, but I'm sorry. I, 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 would rather, I would rather say what the Holy Spirit tells me to say and please him than to back away for the sake of sounding politically correct. And so some of us are being ruined by a fantasy that is just not real. And I feel the Holy Spirit pausing right here to say it's time to let porn go in 2021. Because it does not get fixed in a marriage. It gets exposed and it goes deeper. I want to set somebody free. Maybe you're dating. Maybe you're in a relationship. Listen, the same God that set me free is the same God that can set you free. The same, listen, 10 years, no porn at all. I'm telling you, if he can do it for me, I promise you he can do it for you. Come on, that's a good place to clap your hands unto God. And I'm not just talking about for men. I know women struggle with it too. He whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. You can be free and stay free. And so here's what I've learned about conviction. Conviction is not an emotion. Conviction is a standard. Conviction is a standard from God. Okay? My life and your life is made up of moments that we partner with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Seth, you remember we went to India. We went to India, what was this, five years, six years now? Five years. We went off of an invite. We had no clue who this guy was. The, the, the Lord told us to go. We went. We didn't know if it was going to be a scam or not, honestly, but we went in faith because God said go. When, you, when God says go, you just go. Right? Your life will be made up of moments partnering with the Holy Spirit. And listen, the Holy Spirit don't sound like you. The Holy Spirit always says the opposite thing of what you want to hear. We don't like that part. God, can I go? No. Want me to stay? Go. Want me to love him? Leave him. Because, see, the Holy Spirit is seeing your future. Who else knows the mind of God but the Spirit of God? And so if the Spirit of God has access to the mind of God, then when the Holy Spirit suggests something to me, then the Holy Spirit is not telling me something that he wants me to know. The Holy Spirit is revealing something that he already knows from the mind of God. And so when he says no, I probably should answer to the no because he already saw my future. And maybe that girl is just a distraction from the other girl who's coming out of the shadows who God really has for me. But because I'm impatient, I'll settle for that. 
that instead of settling for this. Sometimes God's trying to save you through his conviction. And if we're not sensitive to the voice of God, then we'll settle for people and not lean into the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction is a good thing. Tell your name and say, conviction is a good thing. No, seriously, tell them, say, conviction is a good thing. I want to give you the difference between conviction and condemnation. It's two differences, two different worlds. There's a clear difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction comes from the Lord, and it leads you to life and joy. Condemnation comes from the devil, and it leads you to despair and anxiety. There are moments, I know in this room, where many of us have felt condemnation. You felt not just remorse, but you felt shame and you felt guilt. Can I tell you, that was not God. That was not the Lord trying to get your attention. That was the enemy tripping you up and then making you feel guilty for the thing that he made you feel uh, 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 guilty for. That's not God. When God convicts believers, conviction comes with love and it comes with affirmation. When my kids do something wrong, I don't go just whoop my kids and be like, bro, that's your lesson right there. No, I will lean in, I will get on my knees, and I will explain to my son and my daughters where they went wrong, and then I'll get them back on track, and then they forget about it, and they'll move forward as sons and daughters. It's the same thing for you. Conviction is God leaning you in, bringing you back to a standard, affirming who you are as a son and a daughter of Christ, because he wants you to know that your life is tempted of many in many moments where you can settle or you can climb back up to the top where you belong holy conviction this year and I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna tell you why I'm really saying this why, why I feel like the Holy Spirit set this up this was not intentional it's because when you start to fast there are certain things that the enemy will start to reveal about you and then there are certain things that God will say to you that if you're not careful you'll start ignoring them and it's the things that you ignore that keep you from elevating in Christ things like stop gossiping Things like if God says, hey, go back and make that right. Things like no more porn in 2021. Things like choosing to love instead of unforgiveness. Choosing to forgive instead of walking in unforgiveness. There are small things over the next 21 days. I'm just telling you, I'm setting you up for success. There are things that God will start to speak Put your eyebrows down. A whole bunch of eyebrows in the room. Like, I don't, I don't like them no more, bro. Like, it was cool in the beginning, but now you're talking about convictions. So I don't want to. No, you need it. You need it. You need truth. You need truth. There are things that he's going to say, and he's going to say, hey, let's let that go. Hey, let's do less of that. My encouragement is that we would lean into the Holy Spirit. For the next 21 days. Can you stand stand on your feet with me? Over the next 21 days, lean into what the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because conviction is an invitation for you to return, not stay away. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. For more information on upcoming events, giving, and our church life, visit us at marked.church. Or you can also check out our social media, at markedchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you next time.